Hey guys, uh, we'd like to welcome you to the Player Haters Ball, aka Big Blue United Podcast, Episode Eight. My name's TJ. I'm here with Colin and Dan. As always, what's going on, guys? It's getting better all the time. Oh, it ain't that right? The power of positive thinking. I like it, Colin. Hey, yeah. you know what? I remember when we started this pod, Dan in the beginning said we aren't going to pull any punches, and we haven't pulled any punches, have we? So we don't want to. We don't want to make anyone upset. We're just trying to be real with what's going on with this team right now. So, hey guys, you know, as I say, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, send us an uh, email at bigblueunitedpodcast at gmail Don't forget to subscribe to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, unfortunately, we were going to have Maurice on from uh, Giants Nation 2.0 tonight. Um, we had some technical difficulties um, with that. So we're going to push back the, uh, the giveaway another week, and we're going to try and sweeten the pot as much as we can. And we really apologize for that. I, I know a lot of his followers are looking forward to uh, us having him on today. But we're definitely going to have him on, uh, you know, as soon as we, if not next week, as soon as possible, guys. So stay tuned for that. And, and, and I think it's going to be a good segment, and, and we're definitely looking forward to it. Um, so, Dan. Tell me, what's going on with the uh, with the Gettleman burner account this week? I mean, lots, lots is going on. Uh, I, I think something even cooler happened, though, which um, is sort of a testament to our podcast. As Big Blue United has gained more and more popularity, uh, it's reached the Meadowlands, it's reached the stadium, and I was contacted by a, uh, a, a man that works in the building that had a recording from a few years ago, and... Uh, it was a recording from a few years ago, and then he has another recording from this week, and it's the same audio. And then I, I'll share it with you. Just give me a, give me a second. I gotta I gotta get the tape recorder out. This is this is audio of Dave Gettleman walking down the hallway of Giant Stadium. The force is strong with him. The first round pick of the New York Jets must become a giant. If he could be turned. He will become a powerful ally for our defensive line. Yes, he would be a great asset. Can it be done? He will join us or become a free agent. As you know, this is real audio of Dave Gettleman himself deciding <laughs> to, pit, to, to pick up Leonard Williams right there. And the next day he did. And interesting enough, my man in the building sent us a tape after the, the 49ers game this week. That was ominous as hell. And, and this is what it was. It was, everything has transpired, has done so according to my design. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> so take it as you will. I mean, I'm not making this up. This is, this is real deal audio. If you want it, I can send you a copy via MP3 as long as you have Kazal Light. Uh, it's yours. You must have spent a lot of money on, on whatever tape recorder you used for that. It, it was really clear. Great audio, Dan. Yeah, I mean. Well, that's, that's the kind of stuff going on in the Giants uh, facilities right now. Only the, only the best technology and the, the. Only the best in technology and analytics. Yeah, BBU for, for listeners the, the can football giants. look forward to more audio like this. We have more and more people in the building, I think, are going to start to emerge as the ship is going down. So uh, when it rains, it pours, my friends. All right, and let's let's talk about the 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 game this weekend. Giants dropped it to the Niners, thirty six to eight. Um, let's just let me just tell you what the Niners were working with here. Niners were out their starting QB, starting running back, second string running back, starting tight end, second string tight end, starting wide receiver, fourth and fifth wide receivers, starting cornerback, starting second cornerback, starting fourth cornerback, uh, starting defensive end, third third fourth and fifth defensive end, LB two and center starting center all not playing. So. 
basically the Giants were playing a version of the 49ers that were not even close to resembling the Super Bowl run they had. TJ, did you know that that's that that is 40% of their salary cap was on the field? Wow, that's that's wild. That's a wild stat. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, so if we want to, want to look at a little more, uh, 420 yards versus 231 for the Giants. Uh, the, one of the crazier stats for me is that the 49ers had 49 or I'm sorry, the Giants had 49 offensive plays. The 49 the 49ers had 73, which is more of something you'd see in like an overtime sort of thing to have 73 offensive snaps for one team. And the number one glaring thing for me, and I think for everybody, would be 40-minute time of possession versus 20-minute time of possession. And, and one more, just, just, to, just to really hammer it in there. The Niners didn't punt or, one time or go for it on fourth down. Uh, so, guys, where, what are your, <laughs> where, where are we at in this game? Um, like, where, what's your draw right now, Dan? You know, there, there's nowhere to go but up from here, right? Can, can it get worse? I mean... I, I mean, it, it's become... Someone's crying. Is that you, TJ? <laughs> that was TJ's yes, heart. That is me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> a, a young child. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible. And, and what I was you know, thinking about what we're going to talk about today, it, it's sort of hard to come away with any takeaways, whether good or bad, because there's really like no baseline to, to base it off of. Like... Um, you know, at one at one time, you don't want to be too hard on them because of the circumstances and the new coaching staff. Um, but at the other time, what they're putting on the field is is just unacceptable. Almost, uh, you know, looking at the 49ers play and then looking at literally any other game aside from maybe the Jets. Um, every other team in the NFL looks like they're in a different league, like not like a different league th- theoretically like like they're playing in the NFL and the Giants are like a practice squad it um things aren't aren't working uh and I don't know why um but I think as we delve into this more it will become evident that we just have a real dearth of talent on the team um a normal defense playing half of a offense doesn't let a backup quarterback like Nick Mullins throw for 343 yards um <laughs> It's, uh, I don't know, almost at a loss for words. Uh, Colin, what do you think? Well, for starters, just to make it a little bit positive, I know, TJ, you're feeling really down in the dumps about it, but you have to at least give us the one extra point. You said we only scored eight. We did score nine points. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. That that, that, yeah. was, that was my fault. My bad. Yeah. Can, how, I, how do you even score eight points? That's a, that's a hard number to score in a football game. So. Well, I mean, if, if my score from last week, my prediction was anything to say of it, I mean, it could have been five to two. It was looking like it was going to be five to two early on in that game. I mean, Dan, what were you saying? It was uh, the the game of, of field goals? or the If you game liked of... field goals, that was a first half for you. That's all oh. I know. It, it was it was glorious. I mean, you know what is the most frustrating part? I think is I'd almost rather them be terrible and have zero good plays than give me the hope of looking fairly def- decent on defense every so often and make me think, all right, defense is going to shut someone down and maybe a turnover is going to happen and and it'll just kind of change the uh, the momentum, but. You can't leave the defense out there for so long and, and let them uh, pretend like they're not going to break because if they're the only ones on the field and the offense is just sitting cool on, on the, the sideline, getting ready to figure out how they're not going to play well by the time they get back out there again, uh, 
I, I hate that. I mean, fourth-ranked defense going into the game, I don't even know where that stat came 13. from. 13th bestest and now. Well, yeah, now. And it was only because they were good on first down. And then what was the stat that they were showing? It was almost first or second on first down, and then 25th on second, and then 30th on, on third. It's like, well— Yeah, the Niners were 8 for 12 on third down. They, they definitely oh. were commanding, uh, uh, you know, on the late downs for sure. And no punting, as I said before, is, is crazy. I mean, I, I can throw more stats at, at you guys, but I think we just feel, you know, a little dejected by this, especially considering how many 49ers were out of the game. And again, I feel like it's really predicated by not having a run game. Um, the Giants had 1.7 yards per carry, and Daniel Jones is your leading rusher. Um, I don't think you really want that on your team, unless maybe you like the 2001 Atlanta Falcons, or maybe the Ravens now. <laughs> <laughs> what the Giants running backs Deion Lewis Wayne Gallman and Devonta Freeman had 17 carries combined I mean 17 yards on 10 carries this game yeah okay I meant the running backs before I'm sorry I didn't mean yeah. jo- Jones was not included in no, there not but, no Jones had five carries for 49 yards yeah um, I mean but you know I think that's something we saw early before the season started was they were were doing some read option plays and that just disappeared the first two games basically and then this game it seemed to be working for them I, I th- that's something I'd like to see more of moving forward because there's not a lot of positive plays, and any positive plays are, are a good thing, I think, at this point. Without a doubt. Maybe we can get um, – oh, no, he's injured. I was going to say maybe we can get uh, Dribble Peppers to uh, play running back now. You know, we talked about yeah. it before. Maybe, maybe well, I it. mean, not for nothing, though. I, I, I had a little uptick of positivity when I saw uh, Freeman's first two rushes. They were positive yardage, and we haven't had that yet. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And that was all he did. He Those were his, his entire yardage. Yeah. Oh, no. It was, the first one was six. I think the second one was four. And that's better than what we've done at, at oh, all so this year. So. Um, it, it's incredible. The, the 49ers had 40 minutes of possession versus our 20 minutes of possession. They almost doubled our total yards. Um, they had 29 first downs. We had 13. It's just, I mean, looking strictly at the numbers, it, it's obvious. And and looking on the field, it somehow is even more obvious how out of our depth we are competing against, you know, top tier team, but with half their talent. Um, I mean, imagine if Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, and Richard Sherman were playing. Would, would oh they, my God, what, what would have the outcome have been? I mean, the offensive I think it'd be double was, what it, what this was. It, I think it would be seventy two totally to you know <laughs> six. Playing, no. we, we we'd have half the points we scored what? in. <laughs> We would have 4.5 points, and they would have 72. This totally sounds like Nick playing Colin and Madden um, for the for the Super Bowl in college. This is what that score oh. sounds like. Yeah. Look in Colin's face is very dejected right now. Uh, well, because it, it, it usually ended with me flipping a table. Well, yes, because we're all well-adjusted when we're, we're that age, so you know how that goes. Yeah. But I mean, and now we don't even play Madden at all anymore. anymore. I mean, I feel like, when was the last time you guys played Madden? I played with you. Like when you were over my house, not, I mean, whenever, I think it was a, you know, a couple months ago. To, I, don't know. I, I, I think we stopped playing because we realized it wasn't as fun as it was when we were in college. Yeah. I mean, it's I too hard. That. It's too hard. Yeah, now. I, I can't keep up with this stuff. But um, if we want to talk about real life again, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, we can talk about the line too again. I mean, just terrible. And, and here's the thing that bother, is bothering me the most is that. Zeitler is not playing well. I think, uh, let me see, PFF had him graded out as 70.2, which is the best in the line, but he hasn't graded below 81.8 in a game since 2013. So your best O-line is underperforming, surrounded by a bunch of, you know, I, I don't know what to call the rest of the guys. Andrew Thomas, 
had a terrible game when he looked promising the first two. I know he's a rookie. He's going to have his flashes and inconsistencies. But Zeitler not playing well is really indicative of, of what this team is. It's it's underperforming. Even the guys that are, you know, people who are proven commodities are underperforming at this point. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Yeah, Andrew Thomas is was before coming to this game was tied for first in the league and pressures allowed. Um, somehow, I don't think his standing there is going to improve too much. Um, I mean, he's a rookie. I, I, I don't, I don't blame Andrew Thomas for anything. Um, Agreed. I, I, I people we're looking for to improve didn't. Will Hernandez, um, and then hoping for you know replacement level level talent um, on the on the other side of the line. You know, seems, <laughs> seems too much, but. Uh, you know, Giants have allowed t- just people to run over them, and I mean, they have been playing until today top tier talent on on the defensive line. But uh, it's 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 hard to evaluate the offense beyond the offensive line. So you know, you want to start yeah. talking about Daniel Jones and his propensity for turnovers and, and all that stuff. But we touched on it last week how he's he's just really extending himself a little too far, trying to make something happen, and we can't really even get a good evaluation of him behind this offensive line, which is so frustrating because you know we do see moments of of really nice play he threw a couple nice balls this week but you you can't get any sort of consistency when you're under that much pressure and you can't rely on anyone to protect you that's the biggest shame because you know those who don't really care to look at why things are as bad as they are they're just looking at him in the turnovers and thinking like oh well he's the worst and he should he's not gonna have a chance the problem is is he'll the moment he'll go to another team he'll end up lighting it up because they're going to put people around him. That actually makes sense. We saw Tannehill Hill and how well he's been playing on the Titans since he got off the Dolphins, who are just perennially terrible. I mean, I, I the Giants, I don't want to lump in with the Dolphins, but they've been really bad the last, you know, seven years. And we all know that. Um, they really, I don't want to get down on Jones because he has no running game. He has no offensive line, but, you know, 53% completion percentage, he did throw a pick. He does turn the ball over. The Giants turned the ball over three times. I'm only going to say one of them was his fault. I mean, you might want to, people might put the stat of the Ingram fumble on him, but that was 100% Evan Ingram's fault. So, you know, he ran the ball decently well. He threw the ball decently well. There's just no, there's nowhere to go on this offense to me. It, it, it's, it's, the, the Giants have spent a first round pick on an offensive player the last four drafts, and they've all been really high picks, and now they're averaging 12.7 points a game. So where does this where does this stem from? I mean, I think we all know. <laughs> they're, they're averaging 12.6 points a game in a season where every team is averaging more points than ever, where I think the average score is around 24-point-something points a game. So not only are they averaging a low amount of points, but the rest of the league is exceeding expectations as far as points per game. So, Do you think yeah. that... I I feel like Garrett's scared. He's scared because he knows the players are garbage, so he doesn't try to dial up anything that's interesting because he wants to keep it as normal and easy for everyone to understand. Uh, if I were me, if I were him at, at this point, I'd say screw it and do what Dan said last week, five wide as much as possible. Just go for it and get get weird with it. I mean, you already get had him with it. He did have that I one mean, weird play, and that was a fumble between Daniel Jones and Evan well, Ingram. And, and that's why you'll never see that play again. Never. But if he was smart, he would run it again because no one would think he'd ever run it again. <laughs> but he's not. He's afraid. He's afraid of more fumbling, so why put people in a situation where they do it again? Do you think if we get uh, Jason Garrett maybe a set of better eyeglasses, he won't call plays like a grandma? 
<laughs> I, why don't I remember him wearing those when he was uh, in Dallas? What, where, like, where did they come from? Did he move into his his grandmother's basement in New Jersey? Because I don't know. <laughs> didn't he go to Princeton or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he still has family around mm-hmm. there. Well, you know, he I, probably lived in Jersey for a little bit, being a Giants back quarterback. So he does have some yeah. roots there, maybe. The original Red Rocket. A red rifle. (laughs) The Andy Dalton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Not uh, not Red Rocket. Uh, Yeah, we don't want to talk about that in this podcast. (laughs) I do a a podcast on dog breeds, if you guys like to follow. (laughs) (laughs) TJ's Dog Breeds. Uh, Check it out. And pig farming. Check me out. I also talk about craft beer a lot. Um, Okay. (laughs) I mean, if I want to keep talking about this game, I, I think they're, you know, just like the last game where that turnover was sort of the defining moment. I mean, for me, the defining moment in this game was was like some penalties, and the Giants have less penalties than the 49ers do. But that Darnay Holmes legal contact uh, penalty is really a turning point in the game that gave the 49er, you know, that that ended that drive. Get, or I'm sorry, that extended that drive and, and really put the 49ers up. And then the second thing was when the Giants are down 14 points. There's 51 seconds left in the third, and then they went for it on their own 30 and didn't get it. I don't know what to feel about that decision because. You're only down two possessions, and you're basically putting the game on the line before the fourth quarter's even started. Um, I know we all think Judge is a good coach. Um, that's a bonehead move to me on on Garrett's part, and Judge should be a little bit more hard on him. I hope he was after the game for that call. Um, what What do you guys? I mean, I know we talked about Garrett, but it's just crazy. Like, what's going on? Like, what, do we have a chance against the Rams next week? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I think we should move on to a different topic. Uh, no, I, I, uh, no. It's going to be the same thing as as it always is. There's going to be some flashes. There's going to be some uh, good Blake Martinez tackles because he's the star of the defense right now. We well, haven't had Blake a middle Martinez. linebacker like this in a long time, which is pretty cool. I mean, guys all over the place. I enjoy watching him play. At least, uh, yeah. it's just too bad he chose the wrong team to sign with in the off season. He's definitely um, a bright spot. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. When was the last time we had a middle linebacker like just Antonio quite like that? Pierce? Maybe he wasn't He's even less that athletic. Fast. Yeah, he was. Yeah. A, he was more of a heady guy, but he yeah. he performed when he had to. That's true. Um, I mean, say we're talking positive here. Yeah, you know. This. Also, I can say you know Leonard Williams had a sack. He did. Come on, guys. He uh, did. The BJ down, Hill. The, the down linemen all played well. I thought. Yeah. Dalvin Tomlinson yeah. played really well. I thought he did. He did. He DJ a, Hill flashed again. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence didn't have a great, didn't have the greatest game of, of his career thus far, but I think he also played pretty well. You know, I think I think on this podcast we maintain the position that the defense is criminally underrated, and if they had a legitimate offense that held held the ball for, for more than twenty minutes a game, they would be able to they, to stay strong throughout the game and 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 create plays. You you just you just can't win when you're put in that position as a defense. Um, and so when they totally totally collapsed at the end of the game um, and just started looking like they didn't want to be there you know that makes somewhat sense but still like some of the the tackling attempts were were just pathetic well what was that yeah i mean I, is that i mean can can we can we do you feel comfortable saying that that's a lack of practice and lack of reps or is that a lack is that quitting i mean if, listen if i if i if i'm on the defense and the offense just can't do anything and you're not in the game do you really give your all I mean, I hope you do because you're getting paid to, but it's yeah. demoralizing. Maybe it's not even something you're consciously thinking about. I mean, it's it's a hard spot for for Judge here, but that's what we sort of hung our hat on last week in that Bears game. You know, a game that 
we should have won or could have won. Um, but we said they kept playing, they kept playing hard. This game, to me, it became clear that they quit in some way. Um, and I don't know if it's fair to put that on Judge or if we just have a roster of players that aren't that competitive. It's not everybody. I mean, when, when Jabril Peppers went out, I think Julian, uh, Julian Love had a career high in tackles with 10. So there, there are guys that are trying to step up and play. So it's not everybody. Well, I'm but not saying as everyone. we know in football, it's, a, it's all about a team effort and being a cohesive unit is the only way to win, win a game. And, and if everyone's not contributing, then it never, it's never going to happen for this team. And, and I don't blame the guys. You know, if, if it's the fourth quarter and you're demoralized, you know, what's, what, what's up? What's, what's it to you to keep, keep playing hard? I, I don't know. I, uh, you know what I, I you've probably seen it Dan I don't I don't TJ I don't know if you've seen it before if we talked about it you know Baldy's breakdowns where he breaks down all Baldinger whatever his first name mm-hmm. is he always he I, has I've his heard videos. of it but I've never I've never like it, it uh, uh, blah 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 uh, had the content I should say it's it's very good and he kind of gives the layman uh, a, a total understanding of why certain units just are not doing things properly and or why they're not succeeding and he showed one play where uh and this is just a rookie so, thing Andrew so is Thomas he sort again. of like my wife then yes <laughs> ching yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice nice please take my wife um <laughs> no he was just showing like it's little things like he's got the view on on top and you're you're looking at the offensive line and he just looks at the space between uh uh, not Dave Matthews, man. Um, oh God. Uh, Andrew Thomas and um, and Will Hernandez. And in the play that they were running, it was a running play of some sort where they were doubling one of the defensive tackles. And Thomas is just lined up, maybe a half of uh, a literal foot outside of where he should have been. And it took him that much longer to get to where he needed to go to help the double team. And the DT just went right through the, the the two of them because he wasn't there. So it's like fundamental stuff like that. And I don't know if that's just because he's young he's or a if rookie. they're just yeah. I'm, but it, you should watch it. It's really interesting, and it kind of helps me understand why they can't run a one yard run like properly and get tackled behind. You got to push somebody around. You got to you got to be better than the guy in front of you. I mean, it, it's that simple. Kind of that's a valid analysis if that's actually true i know as an offensive line ex-offensive lineman that getting your splits right is the easiest thing you can do so that to me reflects lack of uh, attention to detail which is what focus the whole thing about um this new culture is supposed to be so i don't know i haven't checked that guy out in a while but that's always sort of useful like all 22 breakdown I guess. oh it's he's good he's real good i i, I follow him on twitter because i want to see how he yeah. breaks down games yeah. so i have a better understanding for sure of course. So, um, I mean, I think we've talked enough about the 49ers. I know we mentioned the Rams um, before. Uh, road game, uh, Rams are 2-1. and one. The Giants are double-digit underdogs, 11.5 points. Doesn't bode well for them. I'll throw a couple things out at you real quick. So, Giants are the second-worst overall offense, second in points per game, point differential uh, yards per game, 30th in league opponents' time of possession, 29th in the league with only three takeaways, league worse than third-down conversions. Um... This is, I mean, I could keep going, guys. This is not a successful team, as we've been saying over and over again. Um, the only solace that I have right now is when I said the Giants were second to everything, the last team is the Jets. So, at least we have that. Yeah, <laughs> and probably by the not way, for long. By the way, New York sports, not great. Being a Knicks fan is, is rough. 
Um, if you're a Mets fan, it's rough. The Yankees have been dropping a lot of games. I know they're going to go to the playoffs. Um, maybe you can look forward to like watching the Brooklyn Nets next next season with a couple good guys. Come on, New York City Football Club. Let's go oh, some there soccer. We go. Let's go. I, I'm sorry, Let's I forgot. Go. I know Colin's big into the uh, the European football. Yes. Old Dan is too, but he just he doesn't like to admit it as much. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't like the American brand of it. Yeah. Hates it. So um, anyway, to get back back on track here. So the Rams um, defense is only 18th overall. The Giants actually have a statistically better defense than the Rams. Um, they're off, the Giants' offense is obviously, as we said, the second worst in the NFL. So whether or not that helps, we'll, we'll see. Um, what I'm more looking forward to here is that the Jared Goff is not a super great quarterback. In my opinion, I think he might be capable of maybe getting some some stuff in the Giants defense if if they're out in the field all the time. What, what we're really looking at here is that they have the fourth best rushing attack in the NFL, with the Giants are the worst, twentieth uh, worst rushing defense. So they're going to have their hands full stopping the run. I hope that they they maybe get uh, you know keep all the linemen out there, stay away from the amoeba, um, try try and just keep some big bodies out there because I think golf is prone to mistakes and and, and the secondary could have a decent day against him, especially if Peppers is, is uh, you know, back from his injury. Guys, what are you feeling about this game? I know not good, but let, let's let see some positivity, maybe? Um, Considering what Nick Mullins did with half of an offense going up against the team with the fifth most points scored, um, and also considering who the, the Rams have played, uh, they played the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Bills. I don't, I don't feel great. Uh, again, I think that what you can hope for in this game as a Giant fan is seeing an improvement, seeing less mistakes, seeing a semblance of a offense, whether that's rushing or passing. Um, and to me, I, I think the thing I'd hope for is just maybe we can p- possess the ball a little bit longer because I think that would shed some light on how good our defense is, give them a well-needed break, um, and maybe protect Daniel Jones a little bit more so we can actually evaluate his ability. Does that mean a shakeup on the offensive line at all? I know we've been kind of talking about that every single week, but like, does it actually does Pert or Peart or whatever his name make Pert. an appearance? Because um, the, Cam Fleming needs to pack his bags and find the first bus out of town. Believe it or not, Cam Fleming was graded the second best offensive lineman on the Giants' line against the Forty ers I think it was around sixty-seven. Um, everyone else being in the fifties. Um, By who? Mickey Mouse. I, what I think they should do is put Gates out at, at right tackle and then yeah. try Lemieux at center. Yeah, I agree. See how that, that goes. I think that's that it, they got to do something because what they're doing isn't working. And like you said, damn, the time of possession being a huge thing in the NFL. If you can't run the ball, your time of possession is never going to be as good as the other team. At one point seven yards a carry for your running backs, that that's a rough statistic for an NFL team. Yeah. So let's get back and put some big bodies on the line and see if we can run directly at. You know Aaron Donald because maybe that's all we can do. We, I don't think you can run away from him, and we can't block him. So maybe we just run it right at him with that, you know, three yeah, big that, bodies. That um, interior line is not playing well, and a guy like Aaron Donald will mess up your day real quick. That's I'd rather him, I'd rather mess up Devonta Freeman's day than uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be a difficult game for the Giants, um, but any given Sunday. They could come out and, and get it together and play. And I know this week, Judge was really stressing how it's a week-to-week thing, you know, which is a, such a Belichick thing to say, of course. Um, 
you know, I, I hope I hope that's not just conjecture and that's that's the real mentality of this team is to forget last week and just move forward because they're going to have to have a lot of amnesia about this season if they're going to be successful moving forward. Yeah, I think this this game will be a, a huge reflection on the type of culture judges cultivating in yep. the locker room. If these guys can sort of put this behind them and and make some positive strides, um, that'll go a long way. Um, and it's tough. I, th- I think all of us like Judge and like a lot of things he does. Um, you know, I'm not again. We're not too, too sure about Jason Garrett or why he's on the team, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I I think I think some of the other guys he put in place are are, are good coaches. Uh, and it seems like the players care. Again, he was out on the field when Jabril Peppers got injured, and you don't see that too often from head coaches. So yeah, you know, you like to see that, um, and hopefully it, it's reflected on the field and in, in some sort of heart and and tenacity yeah we hope so and i mean i know it's so early to talk about the future of this team but we're gonna do it anyway because we're giants fans we're hypercritical um that's all we have we 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 (laughs) demand we demand satisfaction so listen the one consistent thing we've always talked about in this pod is that we don't think dave gettleman has put together a successful roster um I, I like to say, to call it deja blue at this point, he is the consistent factor in what is the worst team in the NFL in the last three seasons, including the Browns having an 0-16 year, the Giants have the worst record. It's, it, it's rough, but this is the consistent factor is Gettleman. Guys, if Jones doesn't step up and start playing well, and, and I don't think it's his fault all, all around because he hasn't had any help, it, how does Gettleman keep his job at the end of this year if, if the Giants don't end up getting it together at all? I think the bigger question is, is is it automatic that Jones's fate is sealed with whatever ends up happening to him? I think so. I, I think Gettleman's fault, uh, fate is more tied in with Jones than Jones is with Gettleman. That's what I think as well. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't think if Jones can get it together at least to a degree or show more improvement, at least ball in terms of ball security. I, I can't imagine him really. And it's unfortunate because I do think he's a talented guy. He's, he's athletic. He, he's tough. He stands in the pocket. He takes hits. I mean, there's a lot to like about him, but I mean, the NFL is a, you know, what have you done for me lately? Sort of league. You know, a lot of guys played super well and the, and the teams aren't loyal to them because the NFL is a business and the, and the, the, the giants are in the business of winning football games. And if they're not going to win football games, where do you go from here? You rebrand and you get a new you get a new GM. The the thing that's tricky is is that I I don't know I don't know what what Mara is going to do. He he some he hired Ernie Orcasey to be a consultant to find the best GM for the team, and he decided it was Dave Gettleman, a retread that was on his staff um, back in the early two thousands, um, and that's who he went with, who had a awful time in, in on the Panthers uh, who <laughs> Josh Norman um, basically oh, blamed God. for creating an awful culture I mean Josh Norman sucks and is a tough guy but there is you go find a, a former player that played under a, a Dave Gettleman team that has positive things to say about him and they brought him into the Giants hoping to create a culture of toughness and winning and like those memes are out there Colin shared a bunch about how we're gonna you know kick ass and uh you know, run the ball down the field and, and be tough. Uh, we look anything but that. We're soft as, as, as baby butt, you know? Um, <laughs> soft as wet kittens, man. Yeah, this this uh, his drafts have been 
maligned. He's made awful choices. You you have a team that's running under a you know a twenty percent of what he used to be Eli Manning, and you went go out and get a, the top running back in the draft with the second pick. Um, you know you don't have to get a quarterback there, but you could have got Quentin Nelson. You know you also draft Kyle with Lotula. L- 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 I can't even say his name anymore. Um, uh, L- L- Loretta. L- Loretta. Yeah, right. The the degenerate. Uh, hit and run artist um and that draft will 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 hurt net well he's what he's out of the league he's not in the league right um uh he's not he was league. bouncing around he was getting signed by everybody and he's not on a roster what was he a fourth round pick yeah. too it wasn't he's like not, it, it yeah. was bad use of draft capital he's not on way. a roster well we got darius slayton in the fifth round too so that just goes to show you you can get people there i think russell wilson was a fifth round pick. well that's too. the point is good teams get people yeah. in those rounds and yep you yep. know, Will Hernandez, we thought would be good. He's playing really bad. He's played bad this year. He's played he's played bad last year. Um, you know, last year's draft, we have guys that wouldn't be starting on other teams. You know, DeAndre Baker's out of the league. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Brian Connolly is a backup on Minnesota, so he's not even on our, on our team anymore. Uh, Corey Ballantyne's not a starter. Um, that that tackle we got from Kentucky, uh, George Asafo DJ is not oh, in yeah. the league. Chris Slayton we cut. Like these are, you know, draft picks aren't just like. Hopefully they'll be on our team at some point. It's like these people are supposed to come in and contribute and be the future of your team. And when you're throwing away four or five picks a draft, you're not going to have a team that's able to stay on the field or compete or, or replace people. Um, you know, there's really no excuse for Gettleman anymore, and, and he has an attitude like we owe him something or that he's earned something, and and it's really sickening to me. I, I had a thought earlier today of, uh, and I don't know how many people are, are, I assume everybody's going into the office at MetLife and, and doing their usual sitting in their office and reading up on, on paper books and not computers and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I, I just pictured Gettleman getting in there really early and leaving really late so he doesn't have to lock eyes with John Mara and he just like is just skulking around like oh hopefully no one sees me is he like George Costanza where he locked his keys in his car and everyone thinks he's working really early and really late but really he's just out having a vacation with his wife somewhere (laughs) that and he probably has a little nap set up underneath his desk where he's got an alarm clock in the drawer smart yeah I actually think it's the opposite. I think Gettleman waits at the front door for Mara to come in, and he's like, oh, buddy, what's up? And he goes in, and he brings in a cup of coffee, kicks his feet up on the desk, cross leg, and he just hangs out with him all day long. That way no one can talk smack about Gettleman in front of, <laughs> in front of Mara there. Um, I think it's all strategy. He can't be found out by the only person that holds, holds power there. Um, yeah. Let me, let me ask you guys about Tish and Mara. And in and and something I, I'm thinking – in my mind the last couple of weeks is when Tom Coughlin got fired. He didn't shake John Mara's hand at the end of that press conference. Do you guys think that, I mean, they hired Gettleman, right? This stems from the top. Do you, do you guys trust them as owners of this team? Like the, the success has not been there. I, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. I, I, I feel like it's this resting on the laurels thing and just having selective memory of how the organization has been run since since the 50s say when wellington was around uh and prominent it's just being forgotten by his son and and how things have gone astray uh like uh, we do it a certain way and that's the way it works and then we figure out a way to win no you have to change things every once in a while you can't you stick to... to old school all the time you have to nope. keep it to times absolutely 
You can keep your tradition and that feeling of loyalty and, you know, once a giant, always a giant. But if you don't change, then you're just passed by. So I think we're seeing that right now. I really yeah. do. I think that's a good point. I, I, I do. I think we have to consider that um, although we won that Super Bowl in, in 2011, that was sort of fluky. I'll admit it. I mean, it was great. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me as a sports fan. But if you take that away and and obviously they won in 2007, which was the best Super Bowl of all time. Um, there has been no consistency. They haven't put a consistently good product year to year. You couldn't count on them for any three year span to be, you know, a, above average team really. In 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 that in the residual between that 2007 2011 run, you know, there's some ups and downs, but it wasn't a great team. Um, and going back until you have to go back to the the early 90s to have any sort of consistent giant product on the field, and. I think I think ownership is sort of lost. They don't know where to look. They keep trying to get retread guys, build an old school team that was like those ones in the eighties. But the NFL is so different that if you put any type of team like that from back then, they would get blown off the field. They're too slow, too big. They don't play. You can't play that style of football anymore. I, I don't know if I agree with that completely because I I really earnestly believe that the Giants would have won the two thousand eight Super Bowl had Plaxico not shot himself in the in the leg because they were the best I team agree in the NFL that. and that really just derailed them. And, and it it ruined it ruined that season, which is unfortunate. I think they could have gone back to back, and I think that that was sort of what you're saying is that it, it created that inconsistency. But it could have been there. But I mean, that just goes to show you one one thing can really shake up your franchise and lead you down the line to maybe where we are now. I mean, I'm not going to say it's one incident; it's all a compounding thing. It's a bad hires, it's bad drafting, as we said before. That's a good point. I mean, I, I don't know, guys. Like, in, in the future of this team, like, do you want to talk about maybe the inevitable of the Giants having the number one overall pick? And and who who's the guy you pick number one overall? It's a, it's a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. That's the only I pick mean, you this make. Is, this is super prognostication we're doing right now. But the Giants are probably the second worst team in the league behind the Jets. And, and this is a possibility. I think they you could know, be worse. <laughs> there's two – there's three people – that you could look at, and it's Trevor Lawrence. If you're first overall pick, if you're second, you can look at, um, you know, uh, Penae Sewell, who's a, an offensive tackle at Oregon, or Micah Parsons, who's a freak athlete out of Penn State. So, I mean, Jones could benefit from having, you know, another great top draft pick and a, and a tackle. But again, that guy's going to take time to develop. Saquon's window will be closing, and and if Jones gets banged up, you know, like he has been. The, he might lose his confidence. I don't know. Again, it goes back to what we were saying about the what we have on the field and the roster surrounding Jones. It's hard to evaluate him um, objective on sort of an even playing field here. I think if we do get the first round pick, I think you have to take Trevor Lawrence. He's a once in a generation talent, according to all sorts of scouts and managers. Um, having a quarter, uh, an elite quarterback is the most important thing you could possibly have in the NFL. And even if Daniel Jones is a quality quarterback, then you can trade him for more draft assets and put a better team around Trevor Lawrence after that. His his ceiling is way too high to ignore. Um, and I don't have any faith that Dave Gettleman, if given the first round first pick, I, I am guarantee you he would not take Trevor Lawrence. He would um, not. He, there's no, that he will have to be on Mars for him to be in Giants blue. That just uh, admits that he made made an error. And what yep. he will not do because he clearly looked at the Leonard Williams trade. He franchised him this year and gave him far too much money, 16.6 million just to what I think is to prove that he was right. Williams has played better than he did last year and the year before, but he's still not 
you know, deserving of being the highest paid player on the roster by any any means, any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Right. I think I even, mean, if, we, even if Gettleman was in full bloom love with Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he would take him just because his pride is so ridiculous. Yeah. Hubris, I mean, man. It's unfortunate. And, and, and you know, guys, like, we're, we're sorry that we're being negative all the time. But you have to understand that this is where this team is at right now. We're not going to sit here and say the Giants are going to go 16-0 after already losing three games like some other people on, on pods might do. That's just not who we are. We're fans first and foremost, you know. But that being said, we're also fans of football. Guys, anything in week three you thought was great? I, I, I will one for mention Russell Wilson – and I mentioned this last week, is just awesome. Oh and my God. The, the Seahawks have the worst defense in the NFL. They gave up like 12,000 passing yards. I'm sorry, 1,200 passing yards in the, in the first few games where the Giants are maybe at six 700. 450 and million passing yards. <laughs> he is unbelievable and so fun to watch. And, and you know, uh, you know we're, we're a couple minutes into uh, the, the Chiefs and Ravens game right now, which I'm totally going to turn on, which I'm really looking forward to watching. Um, Josh Allen too, who's a guy who I said who was definitely in the MVP race this year, has proven me right. Thankfully, um, the Bills are a fun team to watch. Um, uh, what did I say when we were talking about who who would be? Uh, well, I, I think I did say the Titans, but I did say I was excited about seeing the Bills and, and them being consistently good. I mean, he, MVP uh, mentioning and yeah. it's in the beginning of the season, he's just ripping it up. And Stephon Diggs like is is looking really good in that uniform. I mean, he was great on Minnesota, but Josh Allen's really getting a lot out of him. I think what Josh Allen had five touchdowns last game that's that's great they're a good team it's nice to see at least well we, we said new york sports are bad but you know we're we're all from the new york metro area ish so we maybe not think about upstate too much but yeah i mean the bills are maybe the first new york team who's gonna gonna go take a deep playoff run in a, in a long time you know i i, I, the, I root for him. the general manager of the bills is brandon bean a forward-thinking, analytically-driven general manager that created a team of the future around Josh Allen, a team that throws the ball a lot and knows where the game is going. Um, they're definitely a super fun team. Uh, the a great Browns. defense, too. Great defense. Oh, yeah. Tenacious oh, defense. the Browns, the yeah. The Tell Browns. us all about the Browns, Dan. Yeah, they're quietly, they're quietly figuring it out, guys. Just, you know. What's their record? I haven't really been paying attention. I mean, I saw a couple nice Odell passes, Odell catches, because I like to just keep track of how that trade was terrible. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, TJ, I'll tell you right now. I've got I've got a, a stat for you. Oh, uh, do you know? Yeah, since trading Odell Beckham, the Giants have been four and fifteen. So that's that's worked out great for us. Um, no. <laughs> it has not. No, I mean, but again, if, the, if if Daniel Jones has less than one second in the pocket to throw the ball, I don't think doesn't matter a great who's receiver out like Odell is going to help you out anyway. So, well, you could have also traded Odell Beckham from a whole lot more than they got because Dave Gettleman Agreed. refused to shop him because he no, doesn't I, do that. And um, Odell Beck, Odell said it himself that he thought Gettleman put him on the Browns because the Browns are like perpetually terrible, and he wanted him to suffer. Dude, and, I and you know what? I believe it. I believe it. I hundred percent. You you could have got two first round picks for a guy like that. At that time, at, he was the, arguably the best quarter, wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But let's just let's just you know trade him for 17th pick. Which is fine. <laughs> well, but, you know I Dexter mean, Lawrence is great, but he's not he's not a talent. I mean, he he, he definitely could be a perennial pro bowler if his career works out well. But he's not Odell Beckham Jr. In in and as he was playing on the Giants all those years, and and you know what I think a thing a lot of things is they want to blame Odell for being like a bad culture in the locker room or whatever. I. I don't see that. 
from the outcome of him leaving the team and joining another team. I, I don't know. I don't know. That was to me just maybe conjecture yeah, and an excuse. The team didn't uh, bond right after and come together and start to succeed after that. I will say <laughs> yeah. that after Odell left, the Giants have somehow become less fun to watch. Um, and it seems game to game that they are just pioneers in, in making football unwatchable in the tri-state area. So, you know, they got that going for them. I mean, any guy who can take a quick quick slant route to, to the house consistently is, is, a, is a fun thing to watch. And I think, you know, the last episode was, you know, talking about how we really aren't having fun watching football and watching the Giants. But I'm having fun watching football. I'm not having fun watching the Giants. <laughs> That's sure. Do you know what, you know what, one thing, one side thing that, that is a kind of like a, an, not an added bonus, but something that's been tickling me is, uh, as you've noticed, Ian at BBU has really taken it to fans on Twitter, and it's been wonderful to, to watch. He's been saying just he's echoing what we're saying, and he's right there with it. And there are still people with the gall to come at him to talk. Oh, you're just so negative. You're just so negative. Well, what are you watching? What's out there? Yeah, you're totally what right. I mean, people want to be delusional, and and I and I think that's that's unfortunate. But you know, we love Giants fans. We're Giants fans, and and we know how it is. And you want to be positive. You want your team to play well. You want to look forward to the to the game next week. For some people, maybe that's the thing they look forward to like the most every week. I know, Colin, that was probably your situation for a really long time. It um, was. It's 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 really sad because, and I've told you guys before too. But I mean, I, of course, maturing helps things, and when you realize that a, a children's game isn't the most important thing in the world. But unfortunately, I this bad product has gotten me to the point where. I just care less than I usually do, and I don't want that anymore. I want to get back to thinking like we have every chance, every game to beat anybody out there, regardless. And we haven't had that, and it it, it needs to change, and it starts with getting rid of the GM. Um. Okay. But I mean, and, and then the last thing I'll say is, you know, the Giants have been a franchise for a long time. They've had a lot of success in the NFL. I, I think that brighter days are ahead of us. There were times, you know, plenty of times throughout the history of this team where they just haven't been a good team. And it is what it is. But the Giants have always come back from that. This isn't, you know, Detroit. This isn't Cleveland. We are the New York New York football Giants, and it's going to come back sooner than later. At least, I hope so. Put it <laughs> so out guys, there, and uh, maybe it'll happen. Is that the secret, right? Just yeah. manifest it. So, guys, before we go, predictions on the scores of the Rams game? Colin? I got Rams... 32, Giants, 15. They're going to get two more field goals this week. <laughs> I'll play Dan on this one since Colin just answered. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's going to be an entertaining 42 to 10. Entertaining Rams. 42 to 10. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a little bit uh, more positivity than you, Colin. I'm going to say 27 to 10. Rams, because I think that the Giants are going to score a touchdown this week. Nice, nice. So, if the Giants be score a, a touchdown game. this week, that's that's all I that's all I want to see. One touchdown. That is a sustained drive and not just a deep pass to Darius Slayton. That's that's the only thing I want to see this weekend. Yeah, I want it to be someone who is the most random person to score a touchdown. I, I want, want there to be a fumble in the end zone and uh, a backup tackle land on it. If I could see fifteen a fifteen play drive, that's. 10 passes and five runs that ends in a touchdown, I will change my tune on next week's podcast. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's all I need to see. (laughs) All right, guys. 
Thanks again for joining us tonight. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, email us at BigBlueUnitedPodcast at gmail.com. Again, follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll also give another shout-out to Maurice. Follow him on, uh, oh my goodness, Giants Nation 2.0. And, and we're going to be really happy to have him on as soon as we can. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Good night. Thanks, everybody.